up, Straight Talk with Art Levine. Our guest tonight, Long Beach City Prosecutor Doug Halbert, as we continue our 21st anniversary year. Closed captioning provided by Scan Health Plan. Straight Talk is brought to you in part by Southern California Edison. For over 100 years, life powered by Edison. The Press-Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host, Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. We have a great show tonight. Our guest for the entire show is our Long Beach City Prosecutor, Doug Howard. Doug, welcome back to Straight Talk. Thank you for having me, Art. Doug is an elected city prosecutor here in Long Beach, the only elected city prosecutor in the state of California. Doug, tell us what the prosecutor's office does very briefly. Well, we've got jurisdiction over misdemeanors. So uh, we're, we're one of a handful of cities that prosecute all adult misdemeanors that occur within the city of Long Beach. And what's the advantage of having an elected city prosecutor as distinguished from an appointed one or no city prosecutor? Well, there are several that are appointed. Um, Long Beach uh, is a large city, but it's in a large county. And the district attorney handles all cases outside of the cities that prosecute their own. So a city, even a large city like Long Beach, has a hard time getting the attention of the district attorney's office. So those, those cities have decided to prosecute their own cases so they have local control over the use of the prosecuting, uh, prosecuting resources. And I think it's good that we have our own police department and our own fire department as opposed to contracting with the county. It just it's, uh, kind of deserve it. Well, it gives the residents the ability to decide what the priority should be. Good. Well, speaking of priorities, uh, uh, one of the challenges that you and other cities face is that caused by realignment, where uh, county uh, jails were emptied of some prisoners and moved, uh, or state prisoners were uh, moved to the county level, and some of the county prisoners were let go, and bottom line, more bad guys on the street. Yeah, and actually this is a good time to look at realignment. It's been one year since realignment came into uh, effect in October of 2011. And in that one year, we've seen over 10,000 people just in L.A. County alone get diverted from the state prisons wow. to the county jails. And that, that displaces those people who otherwise would be serving time in county jail. And realignment was triggered by a court order that our state prisons were too crowded and they had to release a certain number. Well, the court didn't order realignment. Uh, what happened was the court ordered the state to reduce the number of people in state prison. The solution that the legislature came up with was to move people from state prison to county jail. What nobody really thought of, though, was the impact it was going to play in counties that already had full jails like Los Angeles County. And that was eminently predictable that because uh, certain county jails are filled like L.A., overfilled. Yeah, and, and for this to happen at a time when uh, police uh, and prosecuting resources are at their lowest, it really created a perfect storm. Together with a bad economy, which is never good for crime. So uh, it means you guys are particularly busy. We're very, very busy, absolutely. Well, uh, one of the things that you're known for in your office are these gang injunctions that have been quite effective. Give us an update on those. Well, 
the reason we have gang injunctions is because when you have a limited amount of resources, you have to focus those resources on the biggest part of the problem. And according to the FBI, most uh, violent crimes in urban areas are committed by uh, gangs or gang-related crimes. In Long Beach in 2009, the year before I took office, we had only 35 gang injunction arrests. Uh, this year, we're already over 200 gang injunction wow. arrests. We have better gang injunctions. They're being enforced more efficiently by the police department. And that gives us the tools to actually focus on some of the more violent uh, gang leaders uh, because they're the ones that are behind a lot of the violent so crimes. So these injunctions now. name specific gang members who are subject to the injunction, and that gives you a right to stop them if you see that person and they're doing something that would violate the injunction, like not congregating after midnight or whatever the restriction is. Well, it's, it's, it's named against the gangs themselves because the leaders of the gangs change so much. Once a gang member is served with a copy of the injunction, they're subject to the orders in the injunction. It prohibits gang members, for example, from uh, being together in a public place in the gang area, in the gang territory, um, and it prohibits them from being out at night. It prohibits them from being in the presence of someone who has a firearm, for example. What it does is it gives the police the tools when they come across those people to make an arrest. Once they make an arrest of a gang member, they often find other things. They find weapons on them. They find drugs on them. A lot of the gang activity is drug-related activity. So it gives our police the ability to do more policing with the same amount of resources. Very, very rational approach to it. I know uh, graffiti abatement and uh, code enforcement have been watchwords of, uh, of you in your office. Yeah, and you know the increase um, that we're seeing, the upward tick in crime that we're seeing, is not completely unrelated to uh, blight in neighborhoods. And by that I mean if we don't stay on top of our neighborhoods, if we allow them to get run down and blighted, when realignment pushes people out of the jails uh, and into the community, we're essentially creating an environment that's easy for people to find and, and go into and feel like uh, no one is watching them. So we have to, at the same time this is happening with realignment, and there's not a lot of resources, but at the same time, we have to look at our neighborhoods and make sure that our neighborhoods are kept up well, that the blight is quickly removed, you know, the broken window theory, address the problem quickly, because if you don't address that problem quickly, it's going to grow from that house to the block to the neighborhood. And once a whole neighborhood is lost to blight, it's really, really hard to turn it around. So right now it's really important that we stay on top of that. I know the mayor of New York City was well known for, for that. Uh, coming from New York, as I did, subways used to be filled with graffiti, buses and all. And when Giuliani came in, he put an end to it, and it really makes a difference. Well, a lot of these quality of life crimes, when you're, when you're predicting how you're going to use your resources, they're hard to put as a priority, but they are a priority. In a community like Long Beach, we have to make sure they continue to be a priority. And finally, I know truancy is another area that you address. Well, yeah, and that's, that's kind of a, a, a problem that is generational, and if we don't solve the problem when at-risk kids are 10, 11, 12, 13, keep them in school and off the streets, if we don't solve that problem now when they're 18, 20, 21, 22, they're going to be in gangs, they're going to be committing violent crimes, and they're going to be a much larger problem down the road. And your office is proactive with regard to truancy. We, we are. This is the first time any local prosecuting office has really taken on truancy like we have. We created a parent accountability and chronic truancy program with the police department and the school district to uh, notify parents when their children are even getting close to becoming chronic truants. And we explained to them the problems that will happen. Dropout is much higher if children aren't going to school regularly. Dropouts are more likely to be in prison, more likely to commit crimes, more likely to be involved in drug use. 
and we, we've prosecuted some parents who haven't uh, exercised um, the right amount of, uh, of uh, uh, ability uh, or actually control. recognized con control over the kids. And that's important because parents have to remember that they're responsible uh, for their kids' behavior. Well said. Okay, we'll be continuing this great discussion after we pause for these messages. Supported by Edison International. Californians are getting to be old hands at year-round energy conservation. Part of our special awareness of the resources we all depend on. We're making the change to energy-efficient light bulbs, keeping warm-weather thermostats set to a comfortable 78 degrees, and giving major appliances the afternoon off. Because when it comes to energy conservation, it all adds up. Life. Powered by Edison. In today's world, everything's connected. From the workplaces that support us, to the homes that welcome us, to the trees and wildlife habitats that remind us how important our environment is. When a bird lands on a branch, and in the midst of a busy day, we stop to watch. It makes us realize we're all in the same boat. The Port of Long Beach welcomes this world with open arms, an environmental policy that's second to none, and a commitment to shaping a vibrant community. The Port of Long Beach, thinking outside the docks. Hello, I'm Jessica Hardy, a proud Long Beach native and a member of the USA Swimming national team. Having spent much of my life in water, I've developed a deep appreciation for the valuable role that this precious resource plays in our lives. In recent years, California's water supply has become unreliable. To address this reality, Long Beach residents have dramatically reduced their water use through permanent lifestyle changes. In doing so, Long Beach has made itself a leader in water conservation. As I work hard to achieve my personal goal of qualifying for the 2012 Summer Olympics, I encourage you to continue your tremendous efforts to use water in smart and responsible ways. So join me and your fellow Long Beach residents in strengthening the water conservation movement. By making small but significant changes in our water use habits, together we can ensure that we have a reliable water supply for many generations to come. Continue conversation with Long Beach City Prosecutor Doug Halbert. Doug, uh, the city has faced severe budget cuts in all areas, including public safety. And uh, over several years, your office has been reduced from 21 prosecutors to 14 prosecutors. How has that affected the work of your office? Well, it's been very difficult to get the same amount of work done with fewer resources. But it's, it's just something that we're going to have to do. All levels of government are looking to do more with less. In my office, uh, in order to deal with that shortage, we've created a volunteer prosecutor program. The volunteer prosecutor program allows licensed attorneys who want to get in courtroom experience and experience as a prosecutor to volunteer for four months. We give them progressive training so they're able to do more and more things. And towards the end of their program, they're qualified and able and ready and trained to actually put on a jury trial. So it's a fabulous opportunity for an attorney to get the skills they want and need uh, to become excellent attorneys. But it gives my office the ability to supplement the prosecutors we have with, uh, with, with volunteers. As I've mentioned publicly before, I think that's an incredibly creative idea. These are young, bright attorneys. Many just recently graduated from law school, some waiting for the bar exam, some already passed the bar exam, waiting for a job. And they get good training, obviously, and you get four... Uh, four capable human beings working for nothing. 
Yeah, we're, we're actually taking advantage of a very bad uh, economy. But the, the trade-off, I think they get as much in the trade-off uh, as we get. There's enormous uh, discretion and responsibility which you have as city prosecutor. I know you take it very seriously. Just talk to that point for a moment. Well, one of the things that the person in my position has to always be aware of is that we're making decisions about real people. We're affecting real lives. And there are some cases where the person who's being charged is dangerous uh, to society, and that person needs to be kept off the streets for as long as possible. But we prosecute misdemeanors, and a lot of our cases are people who exercised really bad judgment. They made a mistake. They did something dumb. They might have been in the wrong place at the wrong time and made the wrong decision. And sometimes my office has to deal with that and allow those people to move on, get rehabilitation, for example, do community service in exchange for uh, and sometimes uh, reduction in charges. Uh, and these are members of the community, and we have to always remember that, that not everyone before us is a hardened criminal. In fact, what we do may be able to prevent them from heading in that direction. And particularly with the jails being overcrowded, as we just discussed, if there's an alternative to incarceration, it, it's something that should be looked at closely. All prosecutors should look at alternative sentencing and alternative uh, sentences right now. In my office, for example, we've expanded our community service worker program so that people who are charged with low-level first-time offenses, they can actually do service in the community, picking up trash at the parks, helping, up with alley, helping out with alley cleanups. Uh, they clean out the bathrooms. They do graffiti paint out. They're giving back to the community where the crime occurred, but they're learning a lesson. And putting them in jail is not necessarily going to teach them a lesson, but by making them work it off, I think they learn from that experience and hopefully will never commit that crime again. And just for the record, the, the job of a city prosecutor is not to convict everybody who, uh, who you charge with, but to see that justice is done. And if you bring a case and do not get a conviction, that doesn't mean you've lost in the sense of moral or ethics or legally. Uh, you did what you were supposed to do, and the jury, in its wisdom, made its decision. Well, you're absolutely right, and, and the prosecutor is unique in the world of attorneys in that we're not just there to advocate a particular outcome or to represent a client. Our goal is that justice is done, and sometimes justice means presenting the facts to the jury and letting the jury decide, and if the jury decides there's not enough evidence to convict someone uh, of a crime, um, we just go on to the next case, and we know that that's part of the justice system. And, of course, you don't bring the case unless, in the view of your office, that person is, has done what you are charging him with. But reasonable people can differ on the weight of the evidence. Absolutely. And, and sometimes charges are brought, and as more facts come forward and we learn more about the case and more about the people involved, that the nature of the case changes, and we view the case differently sometimes three months after the case is filed than at the time of filing. And sometimes you decide to drop the case based on this new evidence. Well, certainly if we find out that someone, and we don't believe that someone committed that crime, we have an ethical duty to drop the case, absolutely. Well, as we discussed earlier and also last week when we had the chief of police, Jim McDonald, on the show, fighting crime is not just the responsibility of the police department or the city prosecutor's office, and I know you work closely with the police department, but also all citizens, and, and you have a view of other quality of life factors affecting crime. Well, a lot of things go into to crime. Obviously, we're seeing uh, problems right now because of realignment, which we've already discussed. Uh, we're seeing problems because there have been cuts in public safety. Our office has been cut. The police department's been cut. 
But at the same time that all that's happening, you're seeing cuts to other uh, parts of, uh, of Long Beach. The libraries are being cut, the schools are being cut, the park programs are being cut. Those all potentially have a significant indirect impact on crime. And if you think about it, um, putting teenagers, uh, instead of having after-school programs and activities for them, putting teenagers out on the streets creates more opportunity for crime. Those people become targets for gang recruitment. So in, in the long run, even though it doesn't directly uh, contribute to public safety, I think in the long run it will have a negative impact. So all of these cuts all happening at the same time, all of it contribute to uh, public safety. As you may know, I was very active in supporting the PAL program for many, many years, and we had fundraisers for PAL, and the, the Police Athletic League I thought was a great program, which sadly got chopped mm -hmm. four or five years ago. Yeah, and actually that was a great program, not just because it created activities for potentially at-risk uh, youth, but it gave them an opportunity to see police in a different light. Uh, and I, it's unfortunate. We have a great police department, and our police department has uh, people who want to interact with the public in an, in an environment that's not simply enforcing uh, the laws. And uh, I know the Police Foundation is stepping up and is doing more to create opportunities uh, for that to happen. But, you know, Long Beach is a unique community, and we're very supportive of our police department. Uh, it's just they don't have the resources to do what they want to do as much. Well, one of the real assets of Long Beach, and we've discussed this on air many times before, uh, it's been described as the biggest little city in America. There's a real sense of community in Long Beach. And uh, to the extent that community is the answer to some of these problems, the community stepping up and helping the police, helping the prosecutor's office, is a very positive outcome of, of these serious budget cuts. You know, it's absolutely true. And Chief McDonald, who, who by the way, uh, does a very good job, he at one time said um, to the community, you are our eyes and ears out there. And it's very, very important. The police can't do their job if there's not a relationship with the community where we're calling the police when we need them. Great. We'll be continuing this great discussion, but first we have to pause for these messages. How do you like your chances the rest of the way? I got no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, at least we won't go hungry. Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Oh, yeah, but if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call. Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan? There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. At Performance Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. I want to improve my career opportunities. I want to earn a higher salary at my job. I'd like to finish what I started. The new Bachelor of Arts in Liberal Arts degree completion program at Cal State Long Beach will help you achieve your educational goals while keeping your life in balance. Contact our customer service center at 1-800-963-2250 for more information or visit us on the web. Let CSULB help you finish what you started. As your business searches for smart ways to save, 
don't forget about the one that's right in front of you. Switch to the Charter Business Bundle and you can save big without sacrificing a thing. Get reliable business telephone and high-speed internet with local support and great features. Power your business with great savings starting today. It's easy to pay less and get more. Call now and make a switch to the Charter Business Bundle. We're continuing conversation with Long Beach City Prosecutor Doug Howard. Doug, we mentioned earlier how uh, fighting crime is a community obligation. And as you know, we have uh, a Long Beach Police Foundation here in town. Mm -hmm. You've been good enough to be a member of it, as have other leading people in town. And we want to talk about it for a minute because the Long Beach Police Foundation assists the Long Beach Police Department in three important areas, technology and training and also uh, community outreach, including, importantly, youth programs that we talked about, mm -hmm. a shop with a cop, the, the police explorers, and other things that help our youth. And every member of the community, for $100, can become a charter member. The first 300 uh, who join are, will be charter members of the Police Foundation. And it's the community, if you don't have the time to contribute, you can uh, contribute 100 bucks. Well, absolutely. I, you know, it's an interesting thing. Our, when we need help, we call the police. When the police need help, they have to go to the community. And it's yes. important that the community step up and show that we support the police. And you talked about uh, the youth programs that have been cut as a result of uh, the budget problems that we've seen the last few years. I think the Police Foundation is, is really on target when they're talking about restoring some of these youth programs. Uh, youth programs because uh, the youth in Long Beach need to have opportunities uh, and, and having them interact with police officers whether it's sports whether it's after-school programs whatever whatever there's is out there um, this gives them an opportunity to see police in a different light and get them to respect uh, police get them to understand the role of the police officers uh, some of these kids want to become police officers later yes. on I think that the, what the Long Beach Police Foundation is doing is fabulous because it gives us an opportunity to help the people who come to our aid when we need help. Well said. And one of the programs, and I attended this on a Saturday morning a few months ago, Shop with a Cop. There were several hundred kids there at a Target, and uh, they each got a $100 debit card, and they went shopping at Target with a police officer, and they could buy whatever, whatever they wanted. And it was that several hours of interaction and it's good for the police officer, too, because, you know, you can get pretty jaded when you're just out on the streets with the bad guys, and, and this humanizes both sides. You know, it's a good point, and we talk about Long Beach as a small community, and we all know that Long Beach uh, has historically had a problem with, with crime, and we're never going to become the great city that we can become uh, unless we can control crime and control the perception of crime, and I think supporting our police department will help us uh, a long way towards that goal. Well said. So we all can be part of the solution. And one way to do that is to join the Long Beach Police Foundation. You will get this lovely laminated card showing that you are a member. The first 300 people to join will be designated forever as charter members as long as they stay active in the foundation. And among those who, are, who have already joined include, uh, as I mentioned, our city prosecutor, Doug Halbert, Mayor Bob Foster, Councilman Gary DeLong, uh, John Morris, Mike Salt, Diana Handel, Nick Worthington, and so forth and so on, being part of the solution. Yeah, that's only the first 300. 
that that's, join, right? That's Art? right. So how do pe how do people uh, join? Do you have the website there? Yes, we're going to put up the website and give it to you right now. It's www.lbpolicefoundation.org, or call up our executive director at area code five six two three four three five one one one. That's five six two three four three five one one one. Operators are standing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you for for your comments. Uh, it is true, and you'll feel good. Yeah, it's a very good program, and it gets you involved in Long Beach, gets you involved in part of the uh, public safety effort we have here. So it's a very good program. Doug, finally, in the minute or so we have left, uh, you've been prosecutor now for two and a half years. You have a four-year term. You're eligible to run again in 2014 if you choose to. But uh, just give us your take on your experience. Well, this has been, you know, the most rewarding experience uh, of my life, and it's a difficult job, but I think it's a very important job, and uh, I'm, I'm very proud of what we're doing. Uh, we really are kind of creating uh, new areas for prosecutors. We have more resources available on our website than ever before to help the public. Uh, we are engaged with the public in a number of ways, uh, which I don't need to go into now, but if you go to our website, you'll see all the opportunities that we uh, have with the public. But I think just making a difference in Long Beach uh, is, is a terrific part of this job, and I, I'm blessed to be doing it. I live in Long Beach, and my family uh, lives here. Uh, kids go to public schools, and it's just a great way to be part of a, a great community like Long Beach. Well said. And we'll be back with the rest of our show after these messages. When I was a boy growing up in Italy, I had a dream to own my own store. I came to the United States and I worked hard as a tailor. Hi, I'm Umberto. I've been in Long Beach since 1960, carrying the finest quality men's clothing. It was a long way away, but styles are just around the corner. Umberto, 2141 Bellflower, Long Beach. Founded in 1976, Polly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Polly's has the best tasting coffee freshly roasted every day right in the store. Plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember, Polly's. 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore. who are closest to you, from our family to yours. McCarty's Jewelry, since 1932. Bill Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Bill is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at Trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Bill Trainees. I think we're fortunate to have a city prosecutor of the quality of Doug Halbert, who has deep roots in the community, 
whose family goes back many years in Long Beach and who takes his job with the seriousness and the passion which you saw in the last half hour. So, uh, Doug, thank you for your service to the city and thank you for coming here on Long Beach. Thank you for those uh, kind words, Art. You know, I have to add that um, although we're accomplishing a lot in my office, there are a lot of people on my staff that are doing a fabulous job. And so I don't do it enough, and I, I want to acknowledge the hard work of the men and women who work in the city prosecutor's office, both the prosecutors and the support staff. We handle 14,000 cases a year, and wow. there's no way we could do that without working hard and efficiently. So my hat's off to them. Well said. Thank you for joining us, Doug. Thank you for having me, Art. And thank you at home for being our guest, and please join us next week for the next edition of Straight Talk. Good night, everyone. Straight Talk has been brought to you by Southern California Edison, the Press-Telegram, and remember, Straight Talk is viewable worldwide 24-7 at straighttalktv.com.